If you're going to improve your freedom, that's going to lead to an improvement in prosperity. If you're going to decrease your freedom, that's going to lead to a decrease in prosperity. Welcome to Act in Line, a product of the Acton Institute for the Study of Religion and Liberty. I'm Eric Cohn, executive producer. In today's episode, Joseph Lemoyne, deputy director of the Freedom and Prosperity Center at the Atlantic Council, joins Stephen Barrows, Acton's chief operating officer, to discuss the Atlantic Council's recently released 2023 Freedom and Prosperity Indexes. The Atlantic Council's Freedom and Prosperity Center created these indexes to provide a snapshot of the current distribution of freedom and prosperity, gain a sense of the evolution of both over the last 28 years at global, regional, and country levels, and facilitate an exploration of the relationship between freedom and prosperity. A distinctive aspect of the Freedom and Prosperity Indexes is their root in and reflection of an expansive understanding of what constitutes a free and prosperous society. The Freedom Index includes measures of economic, political, and legal freedom. This broader definition of freedom differentiates the index from other measures focused on specific institutional aspects like electoral, corruption, economic openness, and so on. Likewise, the Prosperity Index is more exhaustive than previous measurement projects, such as the United Nations Human Development Index or various poverty indexes. Their rationale for this approach is based on the premise that we can gain new insights and better understand the mechanisms that lead to overall prosperity by analyzing the relationship and interconnections between different dimensions of freedom. You can find additional resources in the show notes for this episode as well as find previous episodes of Acton Line on our website at acton.org slash actonline. And if you like this program, you can help us reach even more listeners by sharing it with a friend and leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We welcome your comments as well. Acton Line is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Welcome, everybody, to the Acton Line podcast. My name is Stephen Barrows. I'm the Chief Operating Officer here at Acton. I'm delighted to have with me today Joseph Lemoyne. That's correct. That's and, me. Good. Perfect and pronunciation. Perfect. That's good. <laughs> and he's the Deputy Director of the Freedom and Prosperity Center at the Atlantic Council. So we've had the opportunity to collaborate with the, the Acton Institute has with the Freedom and Prosperity Center. And they've got some exciting projects going on, um, especially a new index that has now been in its second edition released. And so I'm going to just begin a conversation today about the index and the research that the um, Freedom and Prosperity Center is conducting. And so first, uh, Joseph, why don't you tell us a little bit about the center itself as part of the Atlantic Council, but tell us about the, the purpose of the center. Yes. Um, thank you so much for having me. It's a blast to be here. I'm very happy to meet you in person because I've seen you, you know, from, That's from right, the box the on the computer. <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, it's great to be here. So thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. Um, so the, the Freedom and Prosperity Center is part of the Atlantic Council, which is a, a large think tank in D.C. Um, and the think tank organizes its work around centers. There's 16 of them, and we're the newest center. Uh, we were created a year ago, so we're called Freedom and Prosperity. And our, our mission is to improve the life of the poor and marginalized 
everywhere, but with a special focus on uh, developing countries. Mm-hmm. Um, so questions about international development, uh, democracy, freedom, uh, the true nature of liberties, prosperity, all this is within our uh, mandate. Um, and yeah, that's that's who we are. Uh, this is a big endeavor, uh, but we try to we try to you know uh, be active on all fronts. So if you want, I can give you a quick uh, background about the activity kind of activities that we do, uh, because when you when you do this work, you need to uh, tackle uh, all fronts. So we we are think tanks, so we do advocacy. Um, so we have events, uh, we have uh, publications. Uh, and we have a, a grant program with our friends of, uh, at Atlas, where we finance think tanks in developing countries that are uh, promoting our uh, our values and uh, having actions on uh, on following our core principles. But the but our main mission is really to provide the research behind this message, mm. because for a lot of us uh, it might be you know evident that. Freedom is the best way to prosperity, uh, but clearly today uh, a lot of the world think differently. Um, so our main goal is really to uh, do some research, to provide tools, uh, to actually see if, if it is true, if freedom is the best way to pr- prosperity. But once we have those tools, to make them available to the largest public possible, to um, to uh, help governments take actions, um, grassroots movements take actions, any, you know, the, the regular citizen take actions towards a world where uh, prosperity is achievable uh, and where freedom is not just an idea but a reality. And on this front, this is where we worked with the Acton Institute. We have a grant program on uh, research, so mm-hmm. we give money to scholars, um, to uh, use our indexes, so we'll talk more about the indexes later, but to use uh, our products to conduct research uh, that are uh, looking into those topics. Um, Yeah. That's great. You know, it seems to me that uh, when we first began collaborating a little over a year ago, it was such a perfect opportunity for Acton to work together with the uh, Freedom and Prosperity Center. In part, we've, of course, Acton has done a number of years uh, projects, documentaries, including our Poverty Cure series and Poverty Inc., our documentary on international development and trade. And, and of course, as our mission at the Acton, to, Acton Institute to promote a free and virtuous society, it was very natural then for us to have the conversations about the research that we were doing and what you all were uh, pursuing. And, and, and quite frankly, when I saw the initial index, I thought, oh, wow, this is great. This is, this is such good evidence for the um, uh, that that freedom uh, does lead to prosperity. So I'd like to, to kind of shift gears and focus now from what you do at the center and the overarching mission to the reports and the research that's being conducted that has culminated in this index. So can you describe for me a little bit about this index and what you're seeking to accomplish and maybe its various components and so forth? Absolutely. Um, actually, I'm excited to talk about it because it just the new version just came out last Thursday. So. Uh, today at the session at the Acton University. Thank you for the invitation. Yes. That will be the first time presenting the findings and presenting the new products. So this oh, that's is very, fantastic. very exciting to us. Um, we, we really spent the past year improving our methodology, partnering with scholars to make it the best product possible. Uh, what it is, it is actually two indexes, 
one that measures freedom and one that measures prosperity. We cover 164 countries um, from 1995 to 2022. So we have the geographical coverage and the time coverage to do some actual substantive research and with the goal to see how the two interact. So that's mm -hmm. why we separated the two um, to actually see if one leads to the other, if which way does it go? Is it a feedback loop? And all those questions that have been, you know, um, that have been uh, uh, written and researched about for a long time, we're trying sure. to contribute to the conversation. Um, we, uh, it is unique because, like I just said, we separate the two, but also our uh, definition of freedom is uh, holistic. So there's a lot of great indexes that exist. Um, Heritage and Fraser do a great job at measuring economic freedom. Sure. Freedom House look at political freedom. The World Justice Project looks at the legal freedom or the rule mm -hmm. of law. What we did is we compiled those three components. Uh, that gives you a holistic uh, view on, on how exactly a country, uh, how free is a country and exactly where this country is lacking or where this country is doing well which gives you really um, a, a big picture approach and the ability of see uh, all those gaps that are in the uh, in freedom. So just real quick, the three um, are the legal, the economic, and the political. Those are the, the various measures of freedom that you're using on the one side of the equation and then taking a look at various forms of prosperity. So you're, you're covering a much greater ground because, of course, freedom isn't merely economic freedom. There's the other two dimensions, as you mentioned. Exactly. And, um, and we... The re our research shows that actually having those three freedoms together is the most effective way to get to prosperity. Mm. So it might be that, you know, one, depending on the context, it might be more important for you to, you know, improve your political freedom or your rule of law, fix your corruption or provide more, uh, more freedom on the markets. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the, the formula, if you look at global trends and with, uh, you know, if you look at the entire sample, the three of them together is the best way to get to prosperity. And like you said, prosperity, uh, our definition of prosperity is a modern definition of it. So we look at more than just uh, income per capita. We look at education and health, which is also common uh, measurements. But we mm -hmm. also look at the environment, inequality, and minority rights, mm -hmm. where we use, um, we use religious freedom as a proxy to measure that particular component. That's great. Yes, when I think about it, you know, so often prosperity is reduced to material terms, oftentimes with, say, a per capita GDP number, which does, of course, give you some interesting information, and we always like to see uh, increased material prosperity. But there's more to that, especially when you think of the full scope of human flourishing. I know that uh, we have a you know, poverty center at, at the Acton Institute, and we're examining more broadly what it means to flourish and what, what enables people to move from a, a place of poverty into uh, a full flourishing, not simply material wealth, but other aspects, access to institution justice, uh, equal treatment under the law, minority rights, religious freedom. So um, were there any particular reasons why you chose, I think there were six of them, uh, inequality, income inequality, minority rights, the environment, education, health. Is that, were, were those different yes. dimensions? Okay. Yes. Um, so whenever you're going to build a prosperity uh, index, it's going to be subjective in some capacity. Sure. So if you ask me, my definition of prosperity is going to be different from someone else, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, but then, I mean, these measures are 
commonly used and very important importantly there is data avail available so we we uh, had many conversations to narrow down to those measurements that people think should be included and then we had to cut down a few because of lack of uh, lack of data so for example we were hoping to include uh, productivity but we, we were not able to to include it and we were able to I, I was hoping to include crime in it, but that as well, uh, there is no good data that covers the entire world. For oh, I could imagine. Years. The data and collection the, problem must be a challenge. Yes. 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 And in many countries, um, the data is, is poorly reported, undermined, and so on. So there is all those, those challenges. But what we, uh, our, our vision when producing these indexes is really transparency. Mm -hmm. uh, and that means that all the sources that we use are variable and we we said exactly what we use but it also means that we gave equal weight to every single component mm -hmm. which which makes them which makes the indexes very clean so you might you might disagree and think that you know income per capita is actually more important than education i might think something different differently sure, right but our objective was really to make this data available to people for them to use it and if they think differently, they can do research. And that's why we, you know, we give grants to scholars to actually do research using those data and maybe find different findings than th that we did. So let me ask you, what did you find the first time around? And were there any interesting updates with the second release of the index? Um, so this, uh, in the first iteration of the report last year, uh, we, ha we had only data um, from 2011 to 2022, mm -hmm. and uh, we, and only in f uh, five year incre increments, so 2011, uh, 2021. Um, we had correlation, and we had a suspicion of some causal links uh, that was in there, we, but the, the lack of data, we were not able to uh, show this. With this new report, we have data, we have 100,000 data points. Uh, we have data for every single year, for every single co country on every single component. That's great. And that gives us uh, the opportunity to do more analysis. And the, the, the main one and the most compelling one uh, is we looked at how changes in freedom led to changes in prosperity. So looking at the, those countries that went in a certain direction, uh, either up or down on freedom, and, sure. and what was the impact on prosperity. And so we found that if you're going to improve your prosperity, or sorry, if you're going to improve your freedom, that's going to lead to an improvement in prosperity. If you're going to decrease your freedom, that's going to lead to a decrease in prosperity. So that was the, the most exciting findings because this gets us closer. You can never improve causality, but that gets us much closer to it. And we also tested the other way around because a lot of the many would argue that prosperity comes first and then you get more freedom. The, the relationship, relationship, sorry, was weaker. So it is really, uh, it really starts with freedom. Uh, it might be a feedback loop, but it starts with freedom and goes to prosperity. As I recall, when you took a look at changes over time, you had at least one example, and, and I, I'm sure many of the listeners know what has happened to Venezuela over the years with uh, increasing autocracy and and uh, and a suppression of freedoms throughout that country. And then if you take a look at another Latin American country, I think it may have been Peru, 
you saw a trend to, in the opposite direction, uh, more freedom in its various forms, whether political, economic, or legal. And so um, do you recall what the outcome was when you examined those two countries? And, and can you explain what, what your, the observations were? Yeah. So Venezuela is the, the biggest drop in freedom uh, in the sample, and it's the, the biggest drop in prosperity. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. uh, and Peru especially in the late 90s and early 2000s, had very pro-freedom reforms, and that led to uh, more prosperity. And at the starting point in 1995, Venezuela was more free than Peru, and Venezuela was more prosperous than Peru. Mm. If you go to 2022, they flipped position. So it's a pretty, you know, pretty clear example of, the, of those trends. And there is more in the sample. We did, uh, we did analysis comparing... Um, former Soviet bloc countries and comparing the, the, their trajectory, those that pick freedoms, Estonia, Lithuania, Lithuania, and so on, compared to those that didn't, Belarus, Russia, right, and, and yes. Ukraine. Yep. And there's an evident trend. You see, you see them go in, in completely opposite direction. So there are many examples there. We'll, I'm look, I look forward to find, finding all of these, because obviously when you have 100,000 data points, uh, there's a lot of work to be done, but they are there. Exactly. I mean, just the opportunity to mine the data and see what it, it's going to demonstrate. And so far, the the, the the hypothesis that freedom, increased freedom leads to increased prosperity is bearing itself out in the data that you've examined thus far. So, you know, another thing that I find intriguing about the index and the work that you're doing there at the center is you will sometimes hear people make the case that you can still have lots of prosperity. Now, I think in most cases, they would just be defining this as material prosperity, say, you know, an income per capita, um, and still have sort of an, a totalitarian or very controlled economy, uh, something like what you see in China. And so they would point to China and say, look at this. This is an example of, hey, you don't have to have a free, a completely freedom of, of law, you know, legal freedom and political freedom. You can still have this kind of prosperity. Well, does China, have you examined what, what that demonstrates, their kind of model and whether or not that is something that's sustainable and that, that, uh, that it proves the point that people are trying to say it to proves? Yeah, the, the elephant in the room. Yes, right, right exactly. <laughs> um, so, so it is. It is true that China is, in recent history, the country that lifted the most people out of poverty. Sure, uh, this right. is a fact that is widely accepted. Um, but like you said, uh, prosperity is not just income per capita. So first of all, on income per capita, today China is still a middle-income country. They didn't, mm -hmm. they're, st they're stuck in what we call the, mi the middle-income trap, Yes, uh, which is very difficult to get out of. And it seems that uh, latest reports show that actually they might be leading to a recession and, you know, their income per capita might decrease uh, in the near future. But to put it in perspective, there's not a rich country when, when you look just at income per capita. And then if you take the whole picture of prosperity using those six indicators that we use, mm -hmm. the, they rank 119 out of oh 164. My. Oh, wow. So when you have a holistic view of prosperity, you quickly right. realize that this idea that, uh, you know, uh, the income is income per capita is the only thing that matters, which is their, their definition is their definition of human rights is human materialistic um, uh, improvement. Sure. Uh, it is not the full answer, at least if you believe in those definition of prosperity. Absolutely. Well, I can certainly see that. And you, you can also, as you, as you pointed out, the per capita 
income over there is still not as high as people might assume when they hear that it is the second largest GDP in the world. But yeah, of course, they have so many people um, that uh, that the per capita is not nearly as impressive as their economic growth as a whole. Certainly, you know, the the urbanization and migration uh, they had, uh, in spite of the uh, lack of freedom, they did have, you might call a demographic dividend for a period of time. But now they're going to find the consequences of that one child policy that they're they're finding themselves in a real pickle. So that's a whole nother topic, perhaps for another podcast. Podcast, but but yes, I, I think it's very interesting that the, what what the data show. Yeah, and and if you look at uh, neighboring countries, there is a very striking uh, example. Is if you compare the trajectory of South Korea, Taiwan, and China, mm-hmm. they were at the same level of development after World War II, uh, and all, all of them were a form of autocratic uh, government. Right? Sure, they all implemented some kind of market. Uh, reform, you know, capitalistic reforms. But then South Korea and Taiwan flipped and took the path of democracy. Mm -hmm. And when they did, you see that their prosperity skyrocketed. And now they're so much ahead of China, both by our metrics, both South Korea and Taiwan are considered free and prosperous, whereas China is still considered mostly unfree and mostly unprosperous. Interesting. So I'm sure that uh, many and not most of our listeners f- are from the United States. And so I'm curious, um, do you recall some things that the data revealed about the United States? Where does the U.S. fit into the broader picture of freedom and prosperity? And, and even if there's been any movements over the time period that you have, uh, you've examined? Um, so so uh, the U.S. is obviously a free and prosperous country. Sure. Um, it is. I don't remember the exact rankings, but I think it's um, it's in the top thirty on both categories. Uh, yes. Yeah. The both rankings tend to be led by uh, Nordic European countries, mm-hmm. um, which you know much easier to run small countries than to run big countries. <laughs> That's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, but f- but we didn't look too much into it because really it is not the mission of our center. Sure. Um, we have a focus on developing countries. Uh, you know, the conversation whether the U.S. should be ranked 20 or 15 is not our our mandate. Uh, right. But you you can use you can use the data. You can look at what happened. Uh, you can uh, explore the U.S. and compare with the EU and and so on. But our focus is really how to get those countries that are struggling to join this group where yes. the US, that the U.S. is part of. So that's interesting. You bring up the idea you can explore those things. What kind of things can people do with your index? Can you go to uh, the website and just examine different countries over time? Or, or what's, op- what's available for people who want to learn more about the index and, and its usefulness? Yeah, I'm, I'm very glad you asked because we, we just launched last week a new website. Um, where you can explore the entire uh, data set. So you you have you know your typical world map when you can like look at each country and look into the details. But then you have all those tools that allow you to compare countries on on every single metrics that you're interested in. And at any time you can download exactly the data that you're looking at. Uh, you can compare your countries with different regions, with different groups, with your neighboring countries, and, and so on. Um, so it is. Uh, it is a gold mine. Uh, there's a lot of informa- information there. I encourage everybody to go check it out. It's on the Atlantic Council. Uh, it's listed on our on our website on the, the Freedom and Prosperity Center at the Atlantic Council. And actually, we yesterday 
our designers just told, told us that it would be the website will be featured in a design magazine because it's so excellent. That's great. So we're very congratulations. <laughs> very thank yeah. you. I mean, congratulations to them. They, they did a great <laughs> yeah. job. But uh, but it is very exciting and it really fits our objective of making this information available to the largest crowd possible. That's great. You know, I'm so glad you're here with us at Acton University because Acton University is uh, is a very international conference. Mm-hmm. We have over 80 countries represented here, participants and so forth. And so as you give your talk here at Acton University about the index, it would be great. And hopefully there'll be a number of people from other countries around the world, particularly those in the developing world, mm-hmm. that have an opportunity to explore where their country is and perhaps where they measure uh, and, and need need improvements, both on the freedom side, then leading to, of course, the prosperity side. So it's great mm-hmm. to be able to share that index with individuals here, and we hope that people visit the website. I do also want to ask you, um, with our time remaining here, about the grant opportunities that we have. Um, I know that we've been working together evaluating grants, uh, applications, and so forth. What You've already mentioned Atlas as well as Acton. Uh, if people want to find out more how they might apply their own scholarship um, to, uh, to the index, what, what opportunities are out there? Um, the opportunities are listed on our website and on the Acton website. Mm-hmm. Uh, just look for Freedom and Prosperity Research Grants. Um, really, any, any research that uses our indexes uh, is welcome. Uh, right now, the, the most exciting project that we have um, is a, a research on the role of religion, freedom, and prosperity and how they interact in sub-Saharan Africa. Oh, interesting. Uh, so this is a project that I'm very excited to, uh, to, to see go to, um, to, to, to see to, uh, to happen. Yeah. Right, right. Um, but really, uh, any, any interest that aligns with what we do, and there is a lot that we do, uh, is more than welcome. So, um, yeah. Well, that's great to hear. You know, I must say that there, there's such a need to help uh, – with economic growth and prosperity across the globe. Um, We know that uh, there's been a substantial increase in prosperity over the past century, a decline in extreme poverty and and, and so forth. But there are these other measures that we don't want to lose sight of. And so this uh, this is a welcome contribution to the discussion as we seek to to equip and provide tools and education uh, to individuals and and countries across the globe on those things which which can help people flourish. Yeah, and so far we, I think we gave 16 grants to from scholars from 10 different countries. So we have Nigeria, we have Egypt, we have Mexico, and so on. So anybody's welcome, and the, you know, the more diverse, the better. That's fantastic. Well, Joseph Lemoyne, we're so glad that you could join us here both at Acton University and for the Acton Line podcast. I have been to your website. It's a terrific website, just as they have indicated through their award. And, and it's, I invite all of our listeners to explore it. The Freedom and Prosperity Center at the Atlantic Council, you can find it and, and explore yourself and take a look at what these countries appear and where your country might fall on, on the list. So looking forward to continual um, output from the center and, and as we all strive to help individuals achieve a flourishing, flourishing life. So thank you so much, Joseph. Thank you so much. As always, thank you for listening. Our team loves putting this podcast together for you. It's encouraging to hear from our listeners. Feedback is incredibly important to us because it lets us know what you'd like to hear more of, including the kinds of topics you're interested in most. If you have comments, feedback, or ideas for a show topic or interesting guest, you can email our team at producer at acton.org. 
Until next week, for Act in Line, I'm Eric Cohn.